0: It's me! Welcome to Jelly! Happy birthday, Dad. That pickle was for you! This is the podcast where I talk about Jesus, life, and entertainment to the one and only who truly listens, my dog. Just kidding, just kidding. I love the, what is it, one, two, three, no, five people who consistently listen. You five people, you five jellyfish, y'all want anything from the gas station? Thanks for your support. I appreciate it. I don't know why you're listening. I don't even know why I'm doing this. I love that you're here and I get to tell you a story. So you might be wondering, what are you doing here, Jelly? We see you on Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. My favorite parting line. I'm glad you asked. So a while ago, I took a poll. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, JLE Podcast on Instagram, you may have seen it. And then I think I lost it. I lost one of the polls I did. Whatever. I have to redo it. Uh... I said, do you guys listen to podcasts on the weekends? I do. I listen to them incessantly. It might actually be a problem, but it's an obsession that I'm currently proud of. So leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it. And it turns out most of you do listen to them on weekends. So I'm like, I can add a day. And I took a poll majority once, more than once a week to hear my voice voluntarily which I find insane but give the people what you want right so you want two a week here you go it's your second one it's the first week we've had two in one week let's do this thing then I'm like great yeah I can do two episodes I never run out of things to talk about what do I talk about though on Saturday do I just continue the American Christianity series I already did that whole series on my ex David not his real name don't worry What else am I going to talk about? And then we started American Christianity, which is just a spiritual discussion about religion versus faith versus obligation versus history, all this kind of thing. Why I'm a Christian, what I believe, and everything like that. Do I just do part four of American Christianity? Because last Tuesday we did part three. And I'm like, no, I'm going to keep that on Tuesday. And then I remembered, I remembered all the questions that I was asked before I think, before I even really got into this and knew what direction I wanted to take, Jelly, I people asked me all these questions and I screenshotted most of them and I kept them all in a folder. And then I found them and I said, I told these people that asked me questions about life and dating and love and stuff. And I'm like, Yeah, totally, I'll answer that. And some of them, depending on when they were asked to me, I said, I'll shut you out on the podcast. And then I thought, because some people, they're more personal questions. I'm like, I should probably keep this anonymous because who knows? I asked a question on podcast once and I was like, thank the Lord, because the response was like mortifying. So thank God it was anonymous. Anyway, that's what I did with the David series. I kept it anonymous. We'll keep these questions anonymous too. But finally, Saturday q and I'm answering your questions. Here we go. And a lot of them this week are about dating. Last week it was more about dating apps. I'll recap it. I don't really remember what I talked about on Tuesday because I never really remember what I say. I just kind of tune it out. I've learned to tune myself out. Um, these questions remind me of that one time that I really liked this guy and he was like big and tall. He was like we were like very young and he was so tall for our age but regardless that's still how I kind of like him big and tall like redwood trees which doesn't make sense aesthetically if you've met me it's I'm not tall at all I'm just little this little I'm not tall (laughs) and this guy he really liked me or whatever had a thing for me and I was like oh great and then he didn't want to date me because he was afraid to because he literally thought because he was so big and I'm so small that he would crush me and that metaphorically crushed me because he was really nice and he had really nice handwriting and his family came from money and of course it didn't work out. To recap the questions from last week because in the beginning I answered a few, I think, that were all kind of one and the same. And then I got into that parable, which is in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, the parable of the sower. So to recap the advice uh, on dating apps, no more fish photos, men. Have we ever needed it? Have we ever liked it? I don't care. Maybe it's just me. I say enough with the fish photos. Show off your teeth. We need to know if you have any. Show off your height and your jawline. Bright, clear photos are a must. You would think that's a given because it's a freaking dating app and it's a visual medium. You think that the photos, because that's your method of advertising, would be bright and clear. But it does need to be explicitly stated in my experience men use photos that are bright and clear and in those photos it can just be you just the one dude that we may or may not marry and then later divorce and then have a subsequent custody battle with make sure those photos are bright and clear we don't need group photos because honestly chances are in my this is my opinion all of this is my opinion if you came to my podcast jelly we're so happy to have you these are my opinions. You don't have to agree. The world's not going to stop turning. It's fine. Take what I say with a grain of salt, if at all. Group photos on dating apps are not necessary because they're confusing and your friends are usually hotter than you, so don't even do it. Also, dating apps in general, I understand the evil necessity that they've become. However, I also wholeheartedly agree that... They're just a mess because we as people are a mess and we're biologically not inclined to connect with one another through a screen. So it's very difficult in very strange ways. However, if you insist on going the dating app route, which I've done many times before, limit the communication, again, just my opinion, to two weeks. Two weeks max, I mean, not minimum. I mean, hopefully you're talking to them for like more than an hour. Uh, But yeah, if you don't move it off the apps within two weeks or even texting, like if you don't meet in person within, I don't know, two weeks, I just feel like you need to go with the momentum and it might get weird if you talk too long. Like there's one time that happened to me where I talked to this guy like via messaging for like, I don't know, it felt like three months, but it was probably like a month and then it just got really weird. He got really aggressive, like, via messaging. And then one day I thought he was in my backyard, uh, like, stalking me. He wasn't. I almost called the police on the pool guy. Anyway, uh, yeah, two weeks maximum. Make sure you talk to them on the phone. Make sure they're real. Make sure they don't have a criminal record. Is it a felony? What if it's a misdemeanor? Come on now. Raise the bar a little bit. Then again, you could, quote, unquote, do everything right and message them, get a feel for them, vet them, talk to them on the phone, make sure they don't have a voice like Mickey Mouse, and then you meet them, and they're nice, they have a nice smile, they're comforting, and then they start the conversation with a question like, so what's your favorite type of porn? Getting to the questions, because I'm not going to answer that one, what is the scariest prayer you've ever prayed? That's an interesting phrasing. What do you mean by scary? Do you mean when I'm scared and I pray, like in fear, scared and praying? Or do you mean like scary prayer, like exorcism? I've never been part of an exorcism. I've never been exorcised myself. I don't exercise now. Uh, no, I don't think this relates to exorcism. Scariest prayer I've ever prayed. Did you know the Vatican actually has to approve exorcisms? It's true, I read it somewhere or heard it somewhere. Not my information. Scariest prayer I've ever prayed. Probably those pivotal prayers of situations that feel final, like when someone's dying. I'm thinking of when my first service dog was sick and dying and I had to pray some. Some pretty heavy prayers that felt like, would you rather situations I guess at the time it's fine everything's fine God got me through it but yeah those were some scary prayers in my opinion next question are you an alcoholic Does somebody really ask? who asked that uh, it doesn't matter I have to keep it anonymous am I an alcoholic not anymore that's all I will say about that for now I think that I was. I've never been officially diagnosed. I just know alcohol and I have a toxic relationship and we broke up. Aren't I a Christian? Of course. I'm also a human being. There's That label doesn't really mean much. I'm not an alcoholic anymore, but thanks for asking. Uh, next question. What should I be reading slash watching? Or watching slash reading, sorry. I will give you the things that I like because I don't know who asked this. I don't remember or I can't even see the profile. I will recommend some dramas. That's my favorite. Maybe some true crime too. Uh, If you like comedy, sorry. Actually, if you like comedy, Fleabag, Amazon Prime. I'll probably recommend that until the end of time. It's hilarious. It's only two seasons. Amazon Prime. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I saw the most spam-worthy article there is out there advertising as if they're already making a season three of Fleabag, which the creator and main star, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, said, no, it ended exactly where it should have ended. I agree. I've seen the show. It's so great. There's not going to be a season three. What is this article doing? I can't remember where I read it, but they tease it the whole time, and then you get you know, six paragraphs down and it's like, so we don't know any information about season three and it's like, well no shit. There's not gonna what are you doing? Irresponsible journalism. Then again, what journalism nowadays isn't irresponsible? Prove it to me. Send it. DM it. If you find responsible journalism, I wanna read it. At JLE Podcast. Uh yeah, so Fleabag, that's a great one to watch. Amazon Prime, HBO Max, they have some good ones. I watched it's a true crime one it's called I Love You Now Die it's a documentary following the court case of a boyfriend girlfriend that ends in a suicide because she convinced her boyfriend to kill himself via texting it's crazy I think I'm gonna cover it in its own episode on Jelly I'm not a true crime podcast I have no intention of becoming one I've researched serial killers and stuff like that for school, and there's just a certain level where it, like, gets into your brain. I can listen to it all day. I do listen to true crime all day. It's probably a problem. I don't want to talk about it right now, and it's an obsession that I'm in love with, so please leave me alone. Uh, But this case in particular, the Carter case, I may cover because it's very interesting. Yeah. So I'd recommend that documentary. What did I say? Fleabag. I Love You Now Die. Mayor of Easttown. Also on HBO. It's a drama mystery. So good. I binged it all in a single evening after trying to watch it before and I didn't even like it. And then I tried it again and I was like, this is incredible. Uh, what else? What else? What else? There was another one I had. Oh, The Morning Show on Apple TV. If you haven't seen that already, it's The second season just came out. I've only watched the first season. It's so good. Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston. Probably some of the best acting of Aniston's life, in my opinion. I haven't finished season two yet. And then, of course, I've been binging Mike Flanagan's work on Netflix. The guy who writes all the haunting stuff, writes and directs. The Haunting of Hill House came out a couple years ago. I watched that. Super scary. Loved it. The Haunting of Bly Manor. He also did that one. Frickin' British Kids, man. Scary. Loved it. And then I just finished Midnight Mass, which was... Kind of relates to the American Christianity series that I've been doing. Aspects of Christianity and faith and uh, versus religion. And idolatry, I guess you could say, yeah, you could say that with the way they portray the services and the priest and the sacraments and all that. Very good show. They use scripture really well. I'm not going to say they use it right, but it's used well in Midnight Mass. I'd recommend that show. I think I'm going to cover that series on the podcast. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, so what should you be watching or reading Mary of Easttown, I Love You Now Die, The Morning Show, and The Haunting Shows on Netflix. They're all good. Uh, reading? Oh, I need to read more. I've been reading A Mile Wide by Hatmaker. Last name Hatmaker. That's only part of his name I can remember because I, I think it's funny, Hatmaker. I think it's Brendan Hatmaker. The book is called A Mile Wide. I covered it in American Christianity Part 3. Last week, this week, whatever. Uh, what else? I'm also reading. I can't. It's a long title. The author is Kevin Dutton. It's like The Wisdom of Psychopaths and Serial Killers or something. It's a. I actually had to read it for a course in school. And I kept the book because I didn't finish it during the course. And it's just psychological studies on psychopathy and sociopathy and and how these people function in our society Kevin Dutton I think it it starts with the wisdom of psychopaths it's very good it's a good book yes there's a book about the gospel that you can read a mile wide and then a book about uh, wisdom that you can gain from serial killers so there you go you're welcome Uh, any more questions? Not an alcoholic anymore? Scary prayers? Okay, so we'll get into some of the longer questions now. I think I'm only covering like two or three of them. I think two. This person asked me, Why is validation and being noticed by people who don't matter so important and how do I stop obsessing over that? Very interesting phrasing. Reminds me of the Fight Club quote from the movie where Edward Norton says we buy things we don't need to impress people we don't like. I kind of feel like that's the philosophy behind, well, if these people don't matter, why do you feel like you have to impress them? So, Because listen to how they phrased it. So they said... Why is validation and being noticed by people who, quote, don't matter, so important, and how do I stop obsessing over that? So clearly, their validation on some level does matter to this person, and I think we all feel this. I don't think they're alone there in how they're feeling and why do I want to impress these strangers. Social media has conditioned us to feel that, right? I feel like it has, for me, it's, you compare certain things and you have to catch yourself doing it, and you're like, why, it doesn't matter, why do I care? We do get obsessive over it, so it's a matter of knowing your own worth as a person, because no one else can confirm that for you, and catching yourself when you compare, because it only leads to frustration in my experience. As scripture says, comparison is the thief of joy. I found that to be true. It looks like, right now, others' validation does matter to you, mystery man, But you know what? It's fine. We've all been there. You're not alone. Just acknowledge your feelings. Because I think that's a good way to be honest with yourself. And then you move forward. And I think you do that by increasing your own self-worth. So point out the things that you do like about yourself. And what you would validate. And what you want validated. And then be proud of yourself. And focus on that. And you'll move forward in life. It doesn't matter if the opinions of others are there or not. If you practice validating yourself, that's all the outside noise won't matter. So build yourself up. Next question. This is kind of long. So I'll just read it all the way through and then I'll, I'll say what my response was. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, I met a girl and we've hung out a few times now. Sweet. He didn't say sweet. I did I won't interrupt. I'll start over. I met a girl, and we've hung out a few times now. She's not very active on the phone, which is okay with me. Then she said maybe she wasn't ready for a relationship and that we should take it slow. I might not hear from her for a week or so. She reads my messages but doesn't respond. And then when she's drunk... Oh, I'm sorry. And then when she's drinking with her friends, she messages me and tells me how much she misses me and she wants to see me. I don't know if I should... Move on or wait it out. I really like her and am attracted to her. I asked him, I said, you want the truth? He said, I do. This was my answer. I said, she's not into you. She likes you, but not enough. Don't waste your time. You said it yourself. She only texts you when she's drunk. Plus, you're cute. I do remember who this was. I won't say. I'm keeping it anonymous. But he was cute. He was on Bumble. This was a Bumble question. Uh, Plus, you're cute and already on Bumble, so get out there. And then he said, that's the way it kind of felt, too. I'm trying, thanks. And I said, it happens to the best of us. Don't cling. Walk away with dignity. The right woman won't toy with you. She'll be thrilled to see your name pop up on her phone and say that dinner is ready and she can't wait to see you. I've done this, you know, where you kind of like somebody, but I think what you ultimately like is the attention that they give you. It's not really a nice thing to do. I feel like we all kind of fall into this trap because dating is an onslaught of feelings. It doesn't mean she's not a new one, but she's got to work on herself for a little bit and stop toying with this guy. And in the meantime, he can preserve his dignity and just kind of walk away. Nobody wants to be strung along. And this guy's cute. He'll do fine. He'll do fine. So, you know. Know your worth, right? Relates to the first question. Validate yourself. Know your worth. Know that you matter because you do. If somebody tells you you don't, they're lying. This also, for some reason, reminded me of this one time years and years ago that a guy asked me out on a Valentine's Day date. He wanted to take me to dinner on Valentine's Day. And at the time, it was like a month away. So I agree to it because it's Valentine's Day. Who doesn't want a date for Valentine's Day? I'd be lying if I said I didn't, although I, you'd have to really convince me now to put on a nice outfit and go out and have dinner. But at the time, I was like, yes, Valentine's Day Day, going, doing it. And then he texted me the night before February 13, also known as Valentine's Day, and said he couldn't take me to dinner anymore because he didn't have, quote, the funds. Mm-hmm. True story. Thanks for listening to me. I'm so glad I got to tell you another story. Next week, I'll be answering more questions. They don't all have to be about dating. You can DM whatever questions you want. Please don't be a pervert or ask me about feet or anything. I wouldn't say it if it hasn't already happened to me. DM your questions to at JLE podcast on Instagram. And remember that bad dates make great stories, but people are crazy, so be careful. Thanks so much for listening to me. I'm so glad I got to tell you this story. I'm so excited to tell you another one. See you next Tuesday.